gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. The superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the hall of justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice Podcast. Everyone, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice, and this is episode 202. And we want to thank you for both the 200th and the 201st went very well. My friend, my new friend, Eddie Pence, was hilarious, and I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, We are also going to tell you that later this month in October, I think we're going to have Ralph Garman on. So that is going to be a thrill and a half. I think, honestly, he's the best podcaster around. Nonetheless, there is a new Warner Brothers animated film, and you know how much we gush over these. We talk about them all the time. We do shows about them. And thanks to our friends at Warner Brothers, they hook us up with some of the key participants, including for this one, an icon, Brandon Vietti. Let's just tell the story, though, about Batman Under the Red Hood. It's one of the best WB DC Universe animated films. Bruce Bruce Greenwood was the voice of Batman. And it literally takes place in the world where Jason Todd is killed by the Joker. And thanks to an original comic book called The Red Hood by Judd Winnick, uh, it is an amazing story about how Ra's al Ghul brings Jason Todd back to life and he becomes the Red Hood and Batman doesn't understand how he knows him. And they have these confrontations and there is an all-time confrontation with the Joker and the Red Hood and Batman, where they talk, and some of the best Batman stuff around. I mean, it really is. And when we rank these films, this was at near the top, if not the top. It's one of the best. And whoever thought they would go back to this world? That's what's unheard of. I couldn't believe it. They have created something of a prequel or a side story but it takes place in that world. Batman Death in the Family is an animated film based on that very same storyline. And it's so interesting because the one thing that you have to wonder about it was whether or not it would come after the Under the Red Hood movie. Would it be a prequel? And they did something really, really unique. It's a interactive show. It's a short film or it's a long film. It is where you get to make choices on whether or not the Joker kills Jason Todd. If he does, you have a story that's more in-depth, but it goes into Under the Red Hood. If there's a choice there, does Ra's al Ghul save Jason Todd? Does he resurrect him? There's that what if. 
And then it gets even deeper and deeper and deeper. And then what happens if he lives? What's the impact? And it's pretty fascinating. Bruce Greenwood is back. Uh, Vincent Martella plays teen Jason Todd and Robin. Um, John DiMaggio, who was great as the Joker in Under the Red Hood, reprises his role. Gary Cole is Commissioner Gordon and Two-Face. And Zara Fuzzle... And Zara Fuzzle is Talia, and we're going to have her on the Hall of Justice next week, as will Vincent Martella. So they're joining us next week, which is really, really a thrill, and I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen the film yet, and so there's no spoilers to worry about. There's literally nothing that we can spoil. We kind of know the story. You kind of know what's going to happen. Jason Todd's going to live sometimes, and sometimes he's not. And depending on what digital platform you watch it, that's going to determine whether or not you have all the options. So the best thing to do is to buy the Blu-ray. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to watch it on the Blu-ray because I want to see them all. Uh, we've seen interactive shows before. Just recently I saw Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt did it with Netflix. And I thought it was great. They did an interactive episode of Black Mirror. That was wonderful. I just think it's really progressive uh, for them to go for it. And... I, I think Warner Brothers is doing a really, really neat job. Uh, joining us today here on the Hall of Justice is an animation veteran. He developed and co-produces the animated TV show Young Justice with Greg Weissman. Uh, he's worked as a director on The Batman and Batman the Brave and the Bold. He won an Emmy for his work on The Batman, and he directed Under the Red Hood. He also has worked on Superman Doomsday, uh, he's done a lot of DC stuff. He's done all the Lego stuff. He worked on Wonder Woman. He worked on Green Lantern, First Flight. He worked on Planet Hulk. He worked on Crisis on Two Earths. Uh, he's done a lot, a lot, a lot. He worked on Spider-Man, the new animated series. That was the one on MTV. Uh, Legion of Superheroes. It goes on and on and on. He was a storyboard artist on Superman, the animated series. Uh, and on Masters of the Universe versus the Snake Men, which was something that that was a reboot that I loved back in the early 2000s. So Brandon Vietti is uh, going to talk about making this project and what it does to bring back the Under the Red Hood storyline. And that's pretty amazing 10 years later that he can do that. So we welcome Brandon Vietti. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Congrats on Batman Death in the Family. You know, it, it seems like this is something that has been in the works since Under the Red Hood came out. It feels like something that we've done. And, you know, a bunch of years ago, we ranked all the DC animated films. And there's not a bad one in the bunch, but there's a ranking, you know. And, and our rankings, this Under the Red Hood was one of, if not the best, if it's easily in the top three or four. And it's not just me. It's a lot of people. How did it feel to revisit that whole world? <laughs> uh, it was a privilege to, to go back to it um, because it's, it's what you just said. Um, we did it back then. Uh, we made Judd Winnick's amazing story come to life on the screen. It was great fun to make. And then over the years, it really seemed to take off more and more. I just, I know people kept finding it and they would contact me and tell me about it. And it was just great to know that people, I mean, that's what you want as a filmmaker as a storyteller, you just want people to like the story. You want to tell a great story. And, uh, and I, I think we did a good job with that one. People really liked it. So to be able to come back to it and go into it and tell different stories 
uh, I mean, not only were we going back into that world, but we we're going back into that story. That's such a unique way to come back to it uh, that I, I'm not sure has been done before. So it was uh, a great privilege. Well, you know, technology has to help. I mean, 10 years ago, you can't make this. You can't make it the way you did now. The, the fact that this technology exists, and I want to get into a little bit of the nitty gritty because I haven't seen it. I don't know all the possibilities. And I love that part. I, you know, we do spoiler reviews, but this is not that. This is... But one of the combinations of options is to get the Under the Red Hood movie, right? Like, if, if, he, if Jason Tide dies in that situation, that's the solution. So you didn't go back and retcon anything that had been seen before, correct? That's correct. It, there is a new presentation. And I think that was important to include because it has been 10 years. There are people that, you know, haven't seen it in a while. Um, so it's there, but there's, there's new material there as well. There's a new way of looking at that story. I didn't want it to feel like a, a rehash of something you've seen before. I wanted to honor that story, number one. That was like my, honestly, my number one goal with this to, uh, in writing it was to make sure that we were respecting the great story that Judd Winnick wrote all those years ago. Sure. Um, but I wanted to also go back into it and try to represent it in a way that is a little different and might make you appreciate even more that original story because you're gonna get it from a different point of view. So there is new animation mixed in and there are new points of view throughout. And so I think that'll, that'll make it worth revisiting and also refresh your memory about the world that we're going back into. When I saw that this was announced, you know, we get those emails from, the great Gary Mariano, you know, we, we, we find out that it's coming. And all I thought about was John DiMaggio going, I'm the only one who's going to get what he wants tonight. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all I was thinking about. And I said, the, get me that line, just that line resonates. And like I said, you're absolutely right. I think the people listening to this show, some have seen it because let's face it in quarantine, I guarantee you there have been people who have said, let's watch all 39 DC movies. And then they watched the Marvel <laughs> universe. Then they went back to the DC movies. So like there have been people that have been revisiting this, but in that case, the performances, and this is not a slight on any of the other voice actors, but Bruce Greenwood is incredible. John DiMaggio is amazing. When, when, when the red hood with Jason Todd, adult Jason Todd just points at the Joker and says, you let him live. And there's that debate on can Batman kill? And it brings back, I don't care if you are a live action, I don't care if you're an Adam West, Super Friends, Kevin Conroy, it doesn't matter. That is one of the fundamental Batman themes and you captivated it in one scene. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan, I'm sorry. I, I'm done <laughs> kissing your butt. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a lot of great things that came together. I mean, like you said, a. Uh, uh, Judd Winnick's amazing script, number one. I mean, he came up with the words, right? But, oh my gosh, the performances in that scene were phenomenal. And it was, it was one of those scenes, too, where we just, like, let it play silently. There's, there's no score on that. And, you know, it's just, just performance. And it's so, you know, getting into the heart of, you know, what makes Batman tick and family and, you know, themes of, you know, fathers and sons and, oh, yeah. It's a uh, credit to, you know, big credit to Judd Winnick on that. I, I was, I was a fan too. And it, I was just working very hard to make sure we did right. 
How uh, many combinations are there? And is it true? And I read this. So uh, again, if it's on Twitter, it has to be true. Um, <laughs> if, if how many combinations and is there a 60 second version? Cause that was one of the best things in unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. You, you choose one thing and the whole world explodes. And I thought that was awesome. Is there like, are there long versions and short versions depending on the decisions you make? Yes, but that doesn't always mean that, you know, those are endings, you know, it's like, um, uh, I, I won't say all of the different uh, choices and all of the different endings. I, I, I actually am looking forward to people sort of discovering that. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of different lengths that play out following a decision. Um, and so, you know, I didn't want it to feel like a game. So it's not like the, the decisions come quickly and you got to keep your finger on the remote and you're under stress to make the decision. I wanted it to feel more like a film. So you get to make a choice and then you get to sit back and kind of see how uh, your decision plays out. Um, when choices come, you've got a pretty healthy amount of time to like make a decision on the Blu-ray menu. Um, if you don't, the Blu-ray will make a decision for you. Uh, so there is a, a time in, a time count involved. The timer is uh, ticking down um, when the choice cards come up. Um, and, uh, and hopefully that's sort of like a nice, comfortable way to view the story and take the story in, think about your choices, and then watch how they play out. Again, I wanted it to feel more like a movie or even like a, a comic book experience um, where you've got the time uh, rather than a game. Back with more of the Hall of Justice in just a moment, but first a message from our friends at Warner Brothers. Supergirl, the complete fifth season, is out on Blu-ray and DVD. This is the complete season five, and this includes the crisis on Infinite Earths. Supergirl faces threats both new and ancient, and Andrea Rojas becomes a new villain. Jean Jones has a big subplot in this, and there's the return of Lex Luthor. We've been talking about Supergirl since its inception. We absolutely love Melissa Benoist in this series. The Blu-ray features a bonus disc, all five episodes of The Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's from Supergirl, Batwoman, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Season six is going to be the last year, and they're going to expand it, and they're going to go out with a bang. Season five gets you all set up for that. And we don't know when season six is coming. Season five is the last touch we've had with Supergirl, and this series needs to continue the momentum. Supergirl, the complete fifth season, wherever you can find Blu-ray, DVD, and digital downloads. How much of an influence when you were growing up getting into this industry because um, so much of your career has been in DC, you know, Young Justice and even the DC animated universe before then and all those things. How much was the phone number a, a big thing in the 80s? I was too young. I didn't get into <clears throat> comics until the 90s when I was in college. You know, the death of Superman got me into comics and I, I found out that they were adult style comics. But isn't it hilarious that in the 80s, there's a 900 number and people can vote to kill Jason Todd and that's social media before social media got created, because of course they're going to vote to kill him. And how did, did DC even even consider that he was going to live? And it, it, it's funny to think about that. How much of an influence it, was it 
for you? How much of a, a memory was it for you? Well, it was a big memory because I, I believe that's what drew me into collecting Batman comics. So I didn't actually get to call and make the choice because I think it, it might have been- Your mom wouldn't let you either? <laughs> that might've been part of it, but I think it was more that uh, I just, I missed the opportunity. And when the outcome was announced, uh, I couldn't believe it. And I, it got me going in to pick up the, the back issues. How did we get to this? Um, and those covers, like I remember the covers really striking me and kind of jumping off the, the rack of, of books in front of me, but that black stripe down the side yep, and the scrolly yep. letters and that, that horrible image of, of Jason blown up on the cover um, just really struck me. And uh, that was my in point to collecting Batman and Detective Comics. I remember as a, I was a freshman in college working for the campus TV station and I got sent to a comic book store and I had never been to one. And it was the death of Superman. And there were people lined up the door and this one guy took me under his wing and he just said, you know, there's this and there's this. And those were the classics, you know, but I felt, I, I started following the funeral and the reign of the Superman. And when Hal Jordan goes bananas, I said, Ooh, this is for me. Like, this is, this is real stuff. This is not your super friends. And that's, that was the kind of idea. So the, everybody has their jumping on point. Um, were you always a DC person? Because like I said, most of your credits, not all, but most of your credits are in DC. You started when, you know, in, in the Tim verse, whatever you want to call it, and, and then made your way. And then of course you were the executive producer, one of the uh, co-creators of Young Justice, which warms people's hearts. And they'll literally take my podcast away if I don't say like, the, the fans, the people that are listening to this goddamn podcast are the people that brought Young Justice back. I mean, <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. And the fact that a, an animated show that is so intricate and so detailed came back because of basically a hashtag is truly yeah. remarkable. And I, we don't have a ton of time, but can you capsulize just the run of saying goodbye to Young Justice and then saying hello again? Thank you. Oh, ending season two and then coming back for season three. When season two is over, you don't think you're ever seeing that show again. It's probably you never thought you were seeing Under the Red Hood again. It's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and ironically, Bruce Greenwood is Batman in both projects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, that was incredible. Uh, so I'm, you know, twice blessed here, right? Uh, to, to have things come back that could have been completely done and over with. Um, and technology and social media as a, in, in combination, I think, are what help these things come back. I mean, just that, you know, after uh, Young Justice ended and we found new life through streaming services and- uh, First it was Netflix said, and, then, and then DC, right? Right, yeah. And, and lots of new people discovered the show that might've missed it on Cartoon Network. They now had uh, social media to jump onto and talk about it and get you know more people involved. So word really spread that way. I think uh, you know to some degree Red Hood has been that way as well. Um, there hasn't been you know because it's not a television series. I don't know that there was a drive to you know bring it back. <laughs> Movies don't quite work the same, but there was always great uh, word of mouth about it online. And thanks to you guys, in, you know ranking. Uh, of movies from time to time. 
we've done 200 episodes. That's literally one of my favorite episodes is when we, at the time you guys had, I think 30 and we did one episode where it was six through 30 and then we did one through five. And it was, it was what, it was like, this is a job. There are people who sponsor this crap. Like I couldn't believe it. I felt like I was 11 again. <laughs> but, and, and, but that keeps putting it out there on people's radar that missed it the first time, don't know it exists, but now there's all this buzz and this hype about it and they go and they check it out and they've got more options to check it out now. It's not just on a Blu-ray, it's on streaming services and you know, video on demand. And, and so um, that's been breathing new life into our projects. And you, know, you, you can't be more happy about it. Again, as, as a storyteller, as a filmmaker, that's what you want. You just want people to, you're making things for people hoping that they will like them. And so it's been extremely gratifying to, to find out we've, we did our job right twice over with Young Justice, with, with Under the Red Hood, um, you know, such good word of mouth on those. Um, that Warner Brothers, you know, found it uh, a good business idea <laughs> to bring those back because those audiences have proven themselves to be there. We'll be back with more of the Hall of Justice, but first I have to tell you about another podcast I do. And yeah, we talk about it from time to time, but anybody who knows my career knows it's a sports broadcasting career. Yes, I love the Hall of Justice so much. I also started a podcast that is called Sports with Friends. It's a play on words because my mother always played words with friends. And I thought, wouldn't it be neat to see if I have as many friends in the industry that could come on a show and be open and honest and have a friendly chat? So I started the podcast and said every guest is a friend. But then I found out that some of my friends are in PR. And they book guests for the show. They've asked me to put people I'm just meeting. So now every guest is a friend or a friend of a friend. We play Jewish geography. Some of the past guests on this show can be really close friends like Dave Softy Mahler or Andrew Siciliano. And some of them are big icons that are also friends. Ken Griffey Jr. thinks he made my career. Martin Brodeur, the best goalie in the history of the NHL. And we also tackle big topics. We'll find out about cord cutting for a sports fan or the life and death of Kobe Bryant. And then there was Nancy Lieberman's appearance. What a story she had to tell. And then there's Eli Manning, who's been on the podcast five times and counting. All I know is if you listen to Sports with Friends, you'll hear some great guests. You'll hear so many stories, and you'll feel like you know not only them, but me. Check out Sports with Friends wherever you can get your podcasts. And if you're listening to this one, I guarantee you, you'll find Sports with Friends right there. You know, people will always say, do you have to go back 30 years to see classic DC animation? And it's, it's really not the case. And again, you know, you're, you're already on the show. So that, that, and no one's, you know, putting a gun in my head telling me to say this. Like, the DC animated stuff has always been the gold standard. And the new frontier is a whole world that people are always interested in because that was there. And, you know, we had James Tucker on the show and what he did with those 10 or 13 movies that ended with Apocalypse War, that was a, an undertaking in its own right. And now no one knows where it's going. And I think the <laughs> mystery of the whole thing is 
fantastic because no one knows what's happening next and it just keeps coming out. And, you know, in this pandemic, let's face it, animation is the thing that's never stopping because people can draw this stuff in their homes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, animation is a great medium to explore the DC universe in all kinds of different ways. I mean, you know, James and I have, you know, been able to do some really great stuff, like you said, working with the Timverse, I, I worked with James on Brave and the Bold. We did Legion of Superheroes, um, and he's That's he's right. done some of the darker movies. But the the fact that these characters have this range and we get to explore them in animation is kind of amazing. And I think the DC universe lends itself to that be, because, like, in the DNA of the DC universe is is the multiverse. The you know all of these different universes can coexist together, and you can do all these great explorations of of characters through these these different Earths, these different universes. And so um, yeah, just to, to bring it even back around to Death in the Family, I think that's kind of one of the appeals of Death in the Family is that now you've kind of got that, that sort of uh, uh, multiverse ability, you know, built into the project by getting to make these different decisions uh, for the story, you get to now make new pathways that are creating alternate future histories for these characters. And there's going to be a whole generation of people that see it that don't know about the comic book. And it, that's it, true. It, yeah, it, it, it's, and it's wild. And, you know, you play you pay uh, great respect to the source material. You've referenced Judd Winnick. He's an icon in terms of writing. Um, let me ask you this. If and I'm not going to use me as me, but if, 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 you know, young, young Joe Blow listens to this podcast, he watches Supergirl, Flash, he sees all the DC movies, he's seen Young Justice, watched Legion of Superheroes, he owns Blu-rays, he owns DVDs, but he hasn't picked up a comic book in six years. Is he a comic book fan? I think so. I mean, you know, I think especially now with comics being also sort of an online medium, a digital medium. Yeah, true. You know, and I think at this point too, we've, we've explored so many of the great stories from the comics, um, both in animation and, and to some degree, even in, in the live action movies and stuff, you know, we're, we're getting all of the, you know, these great stories that make all of our favorite heroes just explored in different mediums. And I think it, it's all comics that's still at the heart of it. Just because it's not on paper, I, I don't think that like disqualifies you uh, from right. being a, a comic book fan. It's wild. It's wild. Uh, in closing, uh, how have you embraced social media? Um, is it a promotional tool? Is it a great thing? And how can people who are hearing this and are going to see death in the family when it comes out on the 13th, how can people uh, reach out to you and stalk you like I have on, on Twitter? <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter. That's kind of my one go-to place, just Brandon Vietti, um, at, at Twitter. And, and uh, I'm, I'm there. I, I, I'm working a lot. I mean, I'm working on the, the fourth season of Young Justice right now. It keeps me extremely busy. So I do come and go. I, I'm not always on there. I'm not super active, but I do enjoy it because of uh, being able to connect with our fans um, and also sort of, you know, promote or tease some of the new stuff that we're working on. So it's not just a tool for that, but I, I do like to, I do like to communicate with folks that, that try to reach out. 
Well, I will say this because this is how we end these podcasts. Uh, he's on Twitter. So if there's anything that you heard Brandon Vietti say that you didn't like or had issue with, do me a favor, reach out to him and leave me the hell out of it. <laughs> thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. And our thanks once again to Brandon Vietti. He's fantastic. The movie's called uh, Batman Death in the Family. And uh, you can find it on Blu-ray, DVD, digital, everywhere you can find movies these days on October 13th. And next week we'll have some of the voice casts. So that'll be very, very fun. Super exciting. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Victor Dandridge is here and we don't need anything from him. So thanks for coming. <laughs> You're very well welcome. You're very, very welcome. I just We're want to pop benevolent. in and say hello. Yeah, we're being benevolent. No, we want <laughs> you. You started something this week, and you got some really good results. But I want to give our audience a chance to hear more about it. You started a Kickstarter, I believe. What was it for? And tell our audience what what the status is. Of course, uh, it's for uh, expanding the Vantage and House uh, shared multiverse. Uh, we're pinning all of our our glory on a series uh, called The Trouble with Love. Uh, this one is a a relaunch uh, originally launched in 2012 and we're bringing it back and showcasing how the other three titles that we've launched that were supposed to be standalone titles all kind of fit together to create one shared universe and uh it's been it's been a crazy experience um this is literally uh you know it, it's it's mind-blowing because you, you don't think that anyone is going to support you like this but we funded in just over an hour um Wow. We've we've gone. I mean, we're tiptoeing towards 400% of our funding goal at this point. Uh, we reached uh, the feature status of projects we love by Kickstarter, um, which gives it just a, a bigger push on the platform. And uh, it's it's been it's Is been that based tremendous. on the percentage. Like you give it a goal, and if you hit. You know, regardless of your goal, if your goal is $10 and you had 50, you're probably preferred status. Is that how it works? No, I don't even really know how they determine projects we love. Um, I've seen some things where, you know, clearly things have gone over an expected funding goal and they don't get that, that kind of love. So I don't know what it is that I've done that made it, you know, register in their purview, but I appreciate that it did. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, absolutely. Um, Tell people how they can find it. And now that you have the funding, what do you have planned for it? So if you go to Kickstarter and look up The Trouble With Love, or you look up my name, Victor Dandridge, you'll see that it is uh, one of the projects that I have. And, um, and I have The Trouble With Love. You do. You absolutely do. Yeah. Um, what's what's crazy is we still have another, uh, let's see, nine, ten days um, from, from when the campaign is over. And uh, what I'm going to do with the funds is, there it is, look at you, representing, I love it. Um, what I'm going to do with the funds is basically expand the universe. So The Trouble With Love has a sequel called Never Too Late. That's going into production. We're actually moving the timeline backwards, and we're going to complete some stories that come before The Trouble With Love uh, that introduce new characters, new super teams, and really kind of expand out the entirety of the Vantage and House shared multiverse. That's very cool and you know you look you've been on this show so many times people know where your brain is at oh yeah you're a creative mind so you know whatever you're doing it's going to be wonderful um fantastic fantastic so thank go you. to kickstarter.com and search for the trouble with love or victor dandridge yep all right that's great stuff thanks to brandon vietti make sure you check out victor's kickstarter i mean let's get him to 500 percent, 600 percent 
could you imagine if you were like at two dollars and like we would have to do it that way come on listen uh, <laughs> somebody would do it <laughs> uh next week more on batman death in the family and uh, much much more then the week after victor will return as we'll talk more about his kickstarter no uh the boys will have yes finished. the boys is almost there and mm. we will have that coming up so make sure you stay tuned for that thank you for listening thank you for downloading we appreciate the ratings the reviews the whole thing i'm seth everett for brandon vietti and of course victor dandridge this is the hall of justice Believe it or not, I'm walking on